Why fit in when you were born to stand out? A quote that perfectly describes this outstanding and simply gorgeous human, the famous Candy Valentina. Candy is known for a number of things, including burlesque, pin-up, modeling, and has a massive impact on the cosplay community. She welcomed me into her lovely home for this chat, and the super cute little tapping noises in the background are her beautiful dogs. We talk about her days as a trained dancer and how she would not let her height hold her back in the performing industry. Candy is fearless and driven, and her personality is incredibly infectious. You are going to enjoy this one. Let's go. Candy. Who is Candy Valentina? Oh my goodness, straight to it. You wasn't lying. <laughs> Who is Candy Valentina? Well, to be honest, I'm not really sure. I feel like I'm still on my adventure. And I've worn a lot of hats and still wear a lot of hats. Many, many hats. People online know me for many, many different things. Candy is a cosplayer. She's a performer, a model, pin-up, like anything you can think of, you name it, I've probably done. <laughs> I, uh, I'm really invested in YouTube at the moment, so you could even say that I'm a YouTuber, perhaps. But yeah, Candy Valentina is a lot of things to a lot of different people. And depending on what day you catch me on, will depend on what version of me you get, I guess. <laughs> I love that. So do you wake up some days and just go... I'm going to wear this hat today. This is what I'm feeling today. I'm going to be in this, this role. Pretty much. So I pretty much batch. I mean, this is going on how I work. I pretty much batch make my content. So, you know, exactly that. One day I wake up and go, right, today I'm wearing my YouTube hat. I'm going to film my YouTube videos that I want to film for this month. So I'm a YouTuber today. Then say the next day I'm like, right, I want to choreograph something. So today I'm going to be like dancer mode. Tomorrow I'm going to be a model. I want to like batch all my content for the month. I'm going to be a model. And that's literally how I do my life. And I find it the easier, like I find it super easy to do it that way, to wear these hats and to be this specific thing this day. So you can throw yourself into it fully because mm -hmm. although it's fun to wear a lot of different hats, if you try and wear lots of different hats at the same time, it gets very confusing. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. I, I've had days where I'm trying to do too many things at once. You know, I've got a few different things on the go and I'm like trying to juggle them and I end up feeling really unorganized and a little bit stressed, chaotic. So I think it's good to have different days for different things. I think that's really, really good. You used to be a burlesque performer and you trained as a dancer. Mm -hmm. Can you tell me about your journey? So my journey began, like it began super early, like everyone who danced, their journey began as a kid, you know, I was about four or five, got my first pair of tap shoes, went to tap in, like loved my tap class, loved making noise, very loud person now, everyone's probably laughing at that because I'm very loud now, <laughs> um, but I loved being like involved in classes and then probably was about 12 and I was like, you know what, I actually want to do this as a career and I wasn't necessarily particularly good at it I'm not gonna lie I wasn't the best dancer either I just got lucky and 
So I trained, I went to college and did like a little A-level and a B-tech in dance. And then it was like time to think about uni and stuff like that. And I was like, I knew I didn't want to go to uni to dance because it was like 80% written and 20% dance. And I'm like, for dancing, like you need to dance. Um, so I just auditioned to like all the other, vo- what they call vocational schools, you know, the standard. And I got in at Reynolds Performing Arts and I got in by the skin of my teeth as they let me know that. And I- <laughs> what did they say to you? They basically it? said that they, that I was behind in my technique compared to pretty much everyone else there, but they could see my ambition and character and they felt like I deserved the opportunity still because I auditioned late. I got a late audition. So basically the school year had already been confirmed. So oh, it was okay. sort of like they didn't need to take me. Their full year, like their school year was full. And I auditioned with four or five other people that day whose technique was very strong. Because the reason why I say about technique is I never trained as a ballet dancer. I never trained a ballet full stop. So I had tap and like jazz based background mm-hmm. and like street dance and stuff like that but not ballet, which obviously is the building block or the foundation that most people see to be good at everything else, if you know what I mean. Like that's where your discipline comes from essentially and that's where your core and all of that comes from. So they was like, you're behind because of that. Um, so they wasn't, yeah. But they still took you <laughs> they did when they you. didn't have to. So <laughs> it just proves that you did have something special. Yeah. You're being very modest. Yeah. And <laughs> um, I literally... Yeah, I've always, I've always um, sort of, you know, said that I am a character, like where I lack in technique to someone I make up for in my personality and the performance side of things. Like I was always a performer um, rather than a technical dancer, Mm -hmm. if that makes sense. Like I will bring the character and I'll bring like the OTT-ness, the big cheesy smiles and stuff rather than, you know, I might not do it as perfect as the next person, but I will make sure that you're not even like focused on that because I'll just be there doing it. (laughs) But yeah, that, that's how my journey sort of ended. And then I left, I graduated. Um, so I survived, they didn't kick me out. Um, and I realized very quickly that I was too short for, any job that I wanted being five foot there was no no jobs because I couldn't get in the kick lines most kick lines are five four minimum yeah yeah that's true. <laughs> so they're like five four minimum um and that's like if you're really lucky to see five foot four most of them are five six up that's before you put heels on that's not and I was just like okay well I don't want my career to die here I don't want my career to be I dictated to me about the fact that I'm too small to do the jobs that I want, you know? So I was like, now what? So I then went and learned aerial and fire and then got into burlesque. And then to be fair, I did start getting into burlesque at the third year of Reynolds because they started to get us to look at different performance style options in a course. I found burlesque, I found Dia Fontes and then that all snowballed. And then when I left and graduated, I was like, right, I'm going to go be an alternative performer 
in that respect of, okay, well, I, I don't fit mainstream, but I'm not going to let that kill what I want to do, you know? Yeah, good for you. Um, and then, yeah, I got into burlesque and that's how that happened by accident again, I guess, really. But accident, but not. It was a, I can't do what I want to do in the normal way, so I'm going to find another way of being on stage because that's where I felt I sort of wanted to be and that's where I felt I sort of belonged or felt at home the most, you know? So how did you find getting into burlesque from from the dance school? Because, I, I mean, I came across burlesque really, really late by going to a show and just thought, God, the women are so sexy and so, so talented. And I'd never known a way of how to get into the burlesque world. So how did it work for you? I just did it. I was young. Literally, I wish I was young and I was just hungry young and hungry and I come across like I said I was training my last part of my training was like they sort of were getting you to think about when you leave what you're going to do and like look at different like I said performance styles and stuff like that and I found I found Dita which is the queen most people call her the queen of burlesque I found her I found her performances I saw the costumes and then obviously I started snowboarding on YouTube and I was like I want a bit of that so I did nothing more than did a bit of that mm-hmm. I had no training I choreographed in I still live with my parents so I was choreographing in the, the kitchen you know and then like picking to rehearse removing clothing when they was at work do you know what I mean like I <laughs> I literally like was like this is what I want to do and I just went for it and I had I didn't do any workshops with anyone I didn't do any courses with anyone I literally was just like right okay look, watch some YouTube videos because I'd just come straight out of college I was fresh I knew what I wanted to do. I knew how to put a routine together. So I just did it myself and I started in, entering competitions. A natural. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, well. <laughs> I yeah. think so. Definitely. That's, that's what I did. Because, and I, to be fair, there is a quote that stuck with me, which I will, can sort of back up that very nice compliment you just gave me, that when I entered my first burlesque competition, the I was praised on my stocking peeling and stuff like that, like, and they asked where I trained and who I'd trained under, like what burlesque star I'd trained under. And I was like, YouTube. Literally, they were shocked that I said YouTube. Like, it just, it, it yeah, it just sort of feels natural. Like that style of performance feels natural mm. to me as well. Like after all the years of sort of not feeling like I was not, that's going to suck to say, I don't mean it like that, but like I was viewed as not being good enough as the next person, I felt like I had found my own stream of what I was good at, if that makes sense. Like, I felt like, yeah, this is me. This is a bit of me. This is what I'm good at. My characterization worked with it because obviously you've seen shows before, like, so you'll know that cheesiness and like the cheekiness. That's a character I'm good at doing. Do you know what I mean? So it just, it, it felt like I finally found like home, so to speak. I love that you were. Uh learning from YouTube I mean you can go to a class there are classes around but you can learn how to be a burlesque dancer and you're being taught but feeling it within your body is very different to seeing what's out there you can pinch little pieces Mm -hmm. from the people that you love and adopt that implement that into your routines and I feel like as well the trick is to not so obsessed with what everyone else is doing but like you said just take little ideas Mm. 
and then just be like, oh, okay, so that's an idea if I want to remove a glove. That's an idea if I want to do this. And it's sort of like just giving yourself ideas because you might not even use that that way, but it sparked an idea for you. And I feel like if I go to a class, because I'm a performer in my own right, it you know, learning choreography from years of dancing yourself, sometimes what the choreo- like the choreographer has for them doesn't work on you. Mm. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. I feel like if I'd gone to a burlesque class, perhaps straight away, I might not have enjoyed it if I'd not g- got given the right choreography or something that I felt good in empowering about myself because I know how I like to move. I feel like that could have like just stopped it dead in the track straight away. And don't you love how you can always do things on your best side? My choreography, yeah, yeah, yeah. my rules. I'm going to lift my right leg and turn to the right and yeah. sod you left side. Not, yeah. not, not doing the left it. Left side, <laughs> she don't know her. <laughs> left side, don't get a look in. <laughs> oh, that was the one thing that I did enjoy was creating something and yeah, showing off your best assets. You know that that's that's the beauty of this is your your choreography, your rules. So how did you get? from burlesque into the world of cosplay? My whole journey is by accident. Everything is by accident. A lot of people would look at it and say, it's life guiding you without Mm -hmm. realizing, but a lot of everything that I've done, I've ended up doing by accident. Um, So obviously, like I said, with burlesque, I'd found Dita, I'd got into modeling just before I'd left college. And with Dita, I'd found obviously that she has the pinup modeling side of things. And I was like, I want to be a pinup as well. I want to do pinup. I want to do burlesque. I want to do all these things. Um, so I started modeling, like I said, and I was working with a photographer at the time. And she had had a model cancel on her last minute and she had this poison ivy costume. But she'd already agreed with the designer that we was going to get photos. The, the the model who should have been in it, she was going to have photos and back to her at a certain point, you know. That was their agreement. So when I come over, she was like, you've got red hair. Let's put you in this poison ivy. Because at the time, obviously, I had bright red hair. I shot the poison ivy. And the poison ivy went viral online. Because I'm talking when social media was in its infancy. Like, Instagram had been about for about a year. So it went viral because there wasn't many people doing much online at the time. And it started to get real big traction. And I was like, oh, like, this is a thing. So I didn't really know what cosplay was at the time. And then my friend was like, hey, you realize that there's a whole community. There's a whole business. There's a, you know, there's a girl, she's called Jessica Negri, who's making like a lot of money in America from this, doing character work. And I was like, no, but it's something I feel I'd be good at because it's character. And obviously what I said is I've always been able to characterize and put personality behind something. So I was like, no, but let me look into it. And then, um, yeah, I started to shoot more and more cosplay stuff. And I made made my own costumes because I had a background in art as well, because oh. not only did I do dance, I did art. I studied art. I studied an art B-Tech and a dance B-Tech and an A-level, B- uh, A-level in dance too. So I really did load up my plate when I was younger um so that's how I got into cosplay and then cosplay started to take over my life and it started to become something that was very dominant and took a lot of time because obviously making the costumes attending the conventions as a guest and stuff like that so burlesque and pin-up and performing just took the back burner because 
that was like cosplay become my my money earner mm. and it, it become my money earner very quickly and I couldn't deny that factor so I just run with it my god, my god. <laughs> so again literally yeah that costume was never meant you know on paper that costume was never meant for me yeah but it was but the universe yeah. I feel said you're going this is for you now mm, this is your direction yeah yeah so I feel like I was now I look back at I joke and say it's an accident but now I look back at it I feel like the universe was saying this is your your path now I do believe in that definitely do <laughs> and I've seen the picture that you're talking about yeah. I love <laughs> I think it's actually one of my favorites. No wonder and viral. Like, yeah. I really love that. I really love that. And you designed and made your costumes as well. So when I very first started out, there was a lot of connection back to pinup and burlesque. And still throughout the years, I've sort of done subtle nods to like pinup and burlesque and like the actual roots that I sort of come from originally. Um, but yeah, I redesigned a lot of characters. Talking of Poison Ivy, I have... Um, winter summer spring and autumn versions of her plus a goth version because like she she's the most notable character I think that people sort of connect with me mm-hmm. so um yeah I did a whole spin on the four seasons and they was all sort of designed and out of my head and onto a thing like and most of them have been made in a couple of days just out of a an, like an idea that sprung to my mind and I was like right let's do it so wow. <laughs> that's amazing <laughs> you know I have actually made a PVC costume it was for a rose act that I did and I spent hours and hours and hours designing it then hours and hours mm-hmm. making it by hand thinking there's got to be a better way yeah, well <laughs> but I never did I never learned how to sew in that way I, I mean I helped my mum hem the bottom of the curtains when I was younger but never costumes yeah well, and you picked PVC, which is like the worst <laughs> the material, worst. especially if you were sewing it in the machine. It like slides and yeah, no, there is definitely a better way of doing that. Well, I was I... doing it by hand, but by hand. Oh, but, you did uh, it by hand? Yeah, but still it was it was nuts. I think I was using the, um, what is it that you use? Like just to protect, thing. yes, yeah. the thimble thing to like just ram yeah, the needle through, it. but it was still just hurting my hands, the amount that I had to do. Yeah, how to. That's that's amazing that you're creating. That was one of my questions actually was, you know, who makes your costumes? But you So majority of the time I make my costumes. Latex, I work heavily usually with a brand like Catalyst Latex. We we collaborate a lot on different costumes. Um but majority of the time if it's like armor or like, you know, material like uh, most of the time it's me there is things that I do buy like I'm not gonna make uh, spend ages making a white shirt when you can get it in Primark do you mm. know what I mean like there is stuff that I customize but most of the time if it's very obscure chances are I've, I've sat and made it or like if you've seen a rhinestone project I've rhinestone that myself so <laughs> I love that oh my god yeah <laughs> so what's your what's your favorite part of being in the cosplayer world um I really like going to conventions and meeting people. Meeting people, talking about their fandoms, learning a bit about themselves. Some of them will come up to me and tell me if they've made their costume. We talk about how they made it. I just like meeting my community that I've I've built over the years and meeting people that are part of the cosplay community in general, whether they know me or not. Um, I just really like 
chatting to people who have similar interests and are like-minded and I think that there's a lot of a lot of things you can learn from other people if you take the time to listen. How did you come to be a host at a cosplay convention? So like I mentioned before my life happened by accident and I recently hosted so it's predominantly a games convention but it has cosplay that is there it has like the cosplay competitions and stuff um and I was asked to host it back in I I can't remember when but I recently did it in April over the bank holiday I can't remember when I was asked to do it but it was like a month I think before the show and um I got the job because I had previously met the stage manager at another convention and got talking to to them and when this new meeting come about and they asked like him who he'd want on stage he mentioned me because he'd remembered me from the previous meeting that we'd had which was by accident again my friend did introduce me and we just got chatting about you know life in general and then they like I said when it was brought up to him who he thought the new stage host speakers the host that they did have had been the host for like I think eight years and wow. they they needed a, a replacement for for them at the time and my name come up like I said and then I I went and done it and I was the first I, f- I think I was the first female host on that stage in eight years of that being a thing yeah so I was I was uh I was wearing a pretty big hat that day <laughs> um and I'm not gonna lie I was greeted by I think the word is animosity from a lot of people in the industry um I felt like a lot of people were sort of looking at me as to why I got the job um but obviously when I got on stage they they realized very quickly why I had the job and then obviously congratulated me and I understand like you see someone if if you're working in this industry you see someone that what you seem has just walked into a job you know and you're just there thinking how have you done that how have you got that but um you know I, I get it because I've I've been there and you do there is that little bit of like well why have you got that over me um so I understand that but yeah I think a lot of people are blindsided by me which is fair like I get it I I to people who don't know my past they don't know that I've had any performance like training or been on stage like the stage is my home like I I keep saying that the stage is where I feel the most at home like walking out on stage to me is easier than going to the shops and getting milk like that's the difference for me like I love I love being on stage so um I had no no qualms or no doubts that I could do it it was just get let someone believing in me enough to give me a microphone and say off you go like I'd never hosted before ever I'd never hosted anything wow really before like <laughs> you know I've done YouTube and I've, I've I used to stream on Twitch and I so I, I know how to use a mic but I never spoke on a mic in front of people so how did that feel the um, first time great once I got past my thing of this is live and I've got this thing in my hand so I need to make sure that I mention all of the sponsors and I need to make sure that I've ticked off all the boxes that like the sponsors want absolutely fine 
And I had a brilliant, brilliant stage host with me. He'd been doing it for years and he made me feel so welcome and so comfortable. All of the backstage people were great. Like the, I had a lovely girl who was making me up. Like everyone was great and I felt so welcomed and I felt like everyone was trying to help me not hinder me you know like I didn't feel like anyone was trying to like trip me up or catch me out like I felt like everyone was sort of there to help me do the best that I could do and I had an amazing time but yeah that was accident (laughs) um I think people can clearly see that you're a really hard worker and although yes you've you have done really well and things have gone viral you can you can see why I can see why you're a host of a convention I'm sure anybody can like you've got such a natural talent in dance in a way of presenting yourself I mean I don't think I could do I don't think I could go out onto a stage and then talk out of in front of how many people so I feel (laughs) I don't I feel like it can hold a I don't know. I want to say like a thousand chairs. I'm not sure how many chairs were there. Like, I don't know. It was, uh, that's fine. I think I would just <laughs> literally be waiting for the, you know, the the old fashioned sort of um, umbrella stick oh, to come out. And and <laughs> it was totally fine. Like I, and the, the most surprising thing for me is obviously I never told the bookers this, but you couldn't even get me to stand up and sing in front of the, the people in my class. There was, 22 of us I think in my class when I was training I would never solo sing I would sing ensemble but you'd never catch me doing a solo and yet I've just stood and done that but it's because I'm older I'm more confident in who I am more confident about my capabilities and what I'm good at back then I was insecure and everyone in that room was hostile because you're at (laughs) you're at (laughs) you're training to be something that there's not many jobs in and you are each other's competition and they pin you against each other. Whereas I feel like I was like, I'm me and I've been booked to be me and people want to see me be me. And I, I'm not going to be or pretend to be someone else because I've not been booked to be someone else. Do mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like, so yeah. I feel like I was like, I've just been booked to be myself on stage and make sure that I get across all these points we need to do. So are you Candy Valentina when you're the host? Yeah. I'm no one I am me I'm no one else like that is I went out there as me and I mean there's there's photos from that that uh that weekend that very much highlight the fact that I had a lot of fun a lot of fun out there I did a magic trick like I was completely camp and just had fun you know like I'm like if this is my one and only time to do this Mm. I want to make sure that I have the best experience of it because you know there's there's no need for them to to rebook me there's no there's no reason you know hopefully they do that's not what I'm saying but what I'm saying is I didn't know if I was gonna get anything else more than this one time so I was like I'm gonna go do the best I can but I'm also gonna have fun I'm not gonna put so much pressure on myself that I forget to have fun and live in the moment because yeah the life gave me the opportunity so why not enjoy it so has Candy Valentina always been really, really confident or was there were there times when you didn't feel like you could go out on stage and talk in front of loads of people? No, I've never had that issue. I've always just been like, this is me, this is what I want. I feel like if I'm really invested in what I'm doing 
at the time. Like I did the going back to burlesque. I did the London Tattoo Convention. It was a massive uh, competition I did there, and there was probably about I don't know up to three thousand people watch that competition, and I performed there. I was about twenty three, twenty four, very young still. Um, just went for it. Was interviewed on stage in front of all these people. Danced did a striptease in front of all these people like literally just nothing has ever really phased me I feel like the more that people tell me I can't do something the more confident I get the more like I'm like yeah I can watch me and I feel like that just gives me that even harder boost if you know what I mean so I've always been pretty pretty confident not in like um uh super full of myself way like I always feel like there's room to grow and improve like I never stop learning and I've never stopped growing or improving as a person but confidence in who I am and my capabilities 100% always been confident because you're the only person that's going to be confident in yourself you're the only person so you have to be like yeah I'm really good at this thing that's brilliant oh my god what an answer (laughs) (laughs) what an answer that's amazing I mean listening to you today I can hear that you're you're literally fully open for the universe to bring you what you deserve like you are manifesting all the goodness into your life so although you're saying things are by accident the way I'm seeing it is that the this is your path and because you are literally just your your mind is wide open like I see everything I am observing everything you're mag- you're a magnet bringing everything to you I guess that's like a really good way of looking at it I am always open to like with the hosting job like I said they they approached me and I was like 100% yes I was bricking it. I would be lying if I said otherwise. I was like, oh my God, I've never done a job like this, but I need to say yes, because how do I know if I'm good at it or not? And the universe gave me that of a thing of, hey, I think you need to be reminded what it's like to be on stage because that after coming off that stage, it lit, lit a fire back inside me of, oh yeah, no, this is missing from my life. And I do feel like, because I've been so open to the opportunities that have come to me at the time, it has led me on an adventure, quite an interesting one. And I feel like now it's given me a lot of skills that potentially 10 years ago I didn't have when I first came into the industry, Mm -hmm. if that makes sense. Like, you know, I feel like I've come full circle and because I have just accepted these opportunities it has led me to places perhaps I didn't think I'd end up and sometimes maybe not have been necessarily happy with the choices I made perhaps you know like everyone sometimes thinks oh what if I just carried on with this where would I have been now but I feel like but I needed to do all of these things to end up where I am now and I feel like I'm in a very good position where I am now if that makes sense so yeah I guess I call them happy accidents and some people say that I've secretly manifested them without realizing because I feel like I've manifested stuff that I didn't think I needed until I've done them. Mm. And then it's like, oh, okay, maybe I did. <laughs> so what do, you, what do you do to stay motivated? Good question. Um, that is a very good question because prior to, prior to lockdown, I was 
such a workaholic and I had zero chill. Um, and then obviously lockdown happened and it changed everyone's lives, regardless of whether people care to admit it or not. Mm. It changed their lives. It changed the way that everyone thinks, I believe, truly, whether you want to to think that or not, it, it did. Um, and I lost all motivation completely for everything because you was stuck indoors. I had some stuff happen in my private life that took up a lot of my time and a lot of my thought space and everyone moved online, which is great, but it's also sort of devalued online, the online market, you know, and, and running a business online through like digital content and stuff like that. So it just become a whole other ball game. And obviously the motivation through not having a normal life and having normal out, you know, like outlets become heavy. And I've only really just, and I'm, you know, I'm not even going to hide it. I've only really just started to become motivated again. The past, probably the beginning of this year, I've started to become really mm. motivated again and feel like, okay, I'm ready to start chucking myself back into work properly. And this goes back to then thinking about wearing those hats on different days because up until that point, I would wear the many different hats every day and it would be stressful. And, you know, I, I did suffer burnout because of it. And I feel like you just need to focus on one one thing solely. And then that's how my how I found motivation again. And through, like, exercise. I really like exercising. It's so important. I mean, so many people <laughs> say it, like, you know, getting out in nature and yeah. doing exercise, being healthy. But it really, really is good for your motivation, for your body, for your mind. And so at the end of the day, you can just relax. I think the days where I've not done as much in terms of activity wise, mm -hmm. my mind is still busy at mm -hmm. night. Because you've not I burnt the energy. Exactly. exactly. And, and you know, with your background, you're so used to being active for so many years. And then to stop, that was one of my biggest things that I found moving from performing and into cosplay. I sat down a lot, a lot, a lot, because I was sitting down to make costume. Do you know what I mean? Like, mm. And then I was sitting down editing and planning. And so I moved from being at super active to only being active via the gym, which is fine. But the gym doesn't stimulate my brain like I need. You know what I mean? Like I'm yeah. used to. <laughs> yeah, I don't know about you, but I'm on the cross trainer going, I'm not going anywhere. Yeah, like, I this need is to doing be... nothing for me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I go to a gym where there is like a window and I can see outside, but I'm still like, it does. So I don't find it satisfying <laughs> going anywhere. Yeah. I like long walks in yeah, nature. Yeah, because I feel like you you feel more accomplished mm. than just. I go to classes. I actually book myself onto gym classes um, instead now because I just feel like I can't go to the gym anymore mm -hmm. and work myself out. I have zero motivation. What type of classes? Um, I do a ballet bar class. Oh, yeah. Which, but it's like, it is, it's like ballet, but not. It's like Les Mills, I think he does like loads of different gym classes. He does like body combat and stuff. So I do the bar class with a bunch of old ladies on a, you know, and I love that. I, I love it. And um, get to wear my ballet shoes. It's great. And then I do body combat as well sometimes if I can be bothered. But it's what I really need. I really need someone shouting at me and giving me an exercise because that's how my brain's been trained to work. Mm. If I go to the gym, I ain't going to do it. 
I'll, I'll, I'll spend more time stretching than I know I will doing any exercise. <laughs> yeah, this feels really I mean, nice, like, yeah. but I won't do any exercise. Like, And I feel like as soon as you know your bad habits, you can sort of counterbalance it, you know? Yeah, I can completely relate to that. I've been to the gym <laughs> so many times and been like, oh, I'm not, not getting that buzz. But when someone is saying, that was rubbish. Do it again. We're yeah. like, oh, because that is how we, yeah, it's yeah, how we're wired yeah. to think, you know, we want criticism. We yeah. actually, we, we, we thrive it. off it. We do. If I ain't got someone chucking their shoe at me, I don't want to know. <laughs> <laughs> like, if I haven't got some sort of like angry person shouting at me that I'm not doing it good enough, we need to do it again. I'm not interested. Mm. It's such a weird brain stimulation. Is bizarre. <laughs> no, it's loving. Yeah, the tough love. So the social media platform, it can be very, very critical at times. How do you handle the feedback? Do you get a lot of negative feedback? Actually, I'm someone, touch wood, who's been very lucky over my um, over my time online. It's coming up to 10 years being online. Um, I've been very lucky to escape pretty much most negativity I don't know I don't know how I'm not complaining but you know I've 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 come off pretty unscathed and you know training at at a a dance facility there isn't really much that can bother you after you've been somewhere Mm. of that capacity and you've been in the dance world and the performing arts world there isn't much anyone can say to you online that people haven't said in person, if not worse, in person. So I just feel like, uh, you know, uh, I'm pretty thick-skinned. You sort of have to be in this industry. Um, And unfortunately, part of me wants to say, if you're not thick-skinned, then perhaps it isn't for you. I know Mm -hmm. that sounds horrendous to say, but you have to build up resilience because I just tell myself the, the times where I do sort of get negative feedback online, I sort of tell myself that ha- that is their issue. That's something that's building up in them and they don't like something that's, you know, in them and they want to take it out on someone online because normally you can click on their profile and all they do is spread hate. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like I'm not someone who's deluded and thinks, you know, that I'm perfect and that, you know, I don't deserve criticism or stuff like that. All I'm saying is normally when you're given negative criticisms about the way you look or how you are, it's normally kind of reflecting on the person who's doing it rather than, you know, you yourself. And I try to just take everything with a pinch of salt, Mm. like you should in life anyway. Yeah. Like everything sort of comes with a pinch of salt. I mean, I used to be really sensitive growing up, but you can't be... I mean, if I was how I am now back in the days where I was being probably just mild bullying, but I was taking it to be a little bit more than that. It was just a reflection on my sensitivity. Mm -hmm. I mean, now, yeah, not much phases me. But back then, God, it's it's that thing of, oh, if only I was back then, or I wish I knew back then what I know now. And I think though, it comes with age. I think just not caring comes with age. Yeah, and they're not giving a shit. Pretty much, like... (laughs) And by not caring, I obviously mean you do care, but there's things that you learn to stop caring about Mm. and being how you're perceived online is one of them. You just stop caring. Like if you don't like me, call, block, delete, see you later. Like, (laughs) do you know what I mean? Like that's that's that. Like I had a a video go viral last year. It was my Velma 
cosplay. It went viral. It got like 1.2 million views on TikTok, 1.1 million on Instagram. And considering that those are quite, quite substantial numbers, the actual mean comments that I got wasn't that many. And I was really like, pleased with that because I thought as soon as you start getting onto people's feeds who aren't necessarily into cosplay or you know because it was a latex cosplay as well into latex or anything like that you start opening yourself up to these comments you know when you're sort of in like what I call like the safety net of your followers or like people who are being suggested your content are like-minded people you're sort of safe in a to a certain degree but when Mm. you start just being opened up to the world almost that's when I do find that people obviously will then take a dislike to you because you're being shown to someone who wouldn't necessarily be exposed to that, you know? Mm. So I got, yeah. I even got really lucky there because it wasn't too bad. I could probably count like 10 comments compared to the other, like however many it got. So I don't think that's bad at all. No, that is incredible. <laughs> that is really amazing. So Candy, what was your biggest challenge? in this whole industry? Surviving. (laughs) What do you mean? (laughs) Just surviving it. Always finding a way to stay involved in it, to stay freelance, to stay self-employed, to not let anyone sort of take it away from me, even though I was told, you know, not necessarily, like every time I was sort of given like a, a thing where it's like obviously I graduated and it was like you're too short no one told me that but the the audition told me that do you know what I mean like mm-hmm. seeing you know getting the stage and looking through them and seeing the heights I didn't need to be physically told to my face I could see I read I was reading the auditions there wasn't going to be any jobs for me unless I wanted to go you know be Hello Kitty for a kids show you know and be in a character costume with a big head like a mascot thing yeah exactly and I was like you know what that's not what I dreamed of when I was younger that's Um, not the dream I had for myself and that's fine like I'm not shaming anyone like job's a job everyone knows what they want to do like that's not that wasn't the avenue I wanted for myself you know like I know plenty of people that graduated and went and did like children's uh traveling shows and that's great like but for me, I was like, right, I don't want to be under a, a big mascot head. You know, I didn't want to do that. And so I just found a new direction. And then every time I was sort of given a, a brick wall, I would just find a new direction. So surviving it is like, <laughs> it is what I call it. I, I survived. I was, I always knew I wanted to be creative. I always knew that I wanted to work in the, the creative arts. And I always knew that this is where I sort of belonged it was just surviving it that is the hardest part and if you're a freelancer you understand exactly what I'm saying (laughs) so what's your biggest biggest achievement when you look back over all your years the thing that stands out oh my goodness does surviving count for this one as well? It can, it can. <laughs> I would like to say that probably my biggest achievement is the fact that I have managed to build myself up in so many different sections of the industry. Like I started out as a burlesque and pinup model and I was you know an alternative fashion model I was booked doing 
you know, lookbooks for alternative companies. And then I went in and was a cosplayer and I, I got to guest and traveled all over the world to conventions. And, you know, I just hosted a games convention and I've just got to experience everything and sort of whatever I've decided to do, I've been lucky enough to be accepted into the industry by the people who sort of are involved in it. And I feel very blessed in that, in that respect, you know, I feel super blessed and super grateful that people have, I have followers who, who know me from the early days of performing. And some of them were even at London Tattoo Convention when I did perform in that competition and they've stuck with me all the way till this point. And they've seen every sort of version of me that's existed and they've come along for the ride. And it's, it's incredible. Yeah. Yeah, It's incredible (laughs) to see that, you know, some people have stuck with me that long. Um, But yeah, I just feel grateful and blessed that I've managed to, I think, like I said, my biggest achievement is just being able to whatever I've turned, decided to turn my hand to I've, I've had some, some form of success in. Um, But Recently, it has to be just hosting because that was something that wasn't on my bucket list. I didn't realize it was on my bucket list till I'd done it. And I was like, okay, that's really cool. Now now what else can I host? Like, (laughs) (laughs) now what's next? What else can I, what else can I get on stage and have people listen to me talk about? So. (laughs) Andy, it has been such an honor speaking to you today. I've loved every second of it. Thank you so much for having me on. You're very welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Candy, you fantastic woman. I left this chat feeling so motivated and inspired to carry on pushing through things that can sometimes feel out of your comfort zone because it's there that you achieve greatness. I hope you found today's chat inspiring. I've put details of Candy Valentina in the show notes for you to check out. My podcasts are bi weekly for now until I finish my studies but you can check out the video versions of the podcast plus behind the scenes on my Patreon. I have been so overwhelmed by the feedback of my first episodes. Thank you all so much. Make sure you keep tuning in. The guests are incredible.